welcome to a special How We Win mini-pod. All over the country, extraordinary people are doing extraordinary things. We'll hear what's happening in the field. The best antidote to anxiety is action. Today's special mini-pod is a conversation with the executive director and founder of Vote Tripling, Robert Reynolds. Robert tells us how his start as a behavioral scientist looking for answers after 2016 led him to create a new voter engagement tactic that starts with you reminding three friends to vote. I'm Steve Pearson, and this is How We Win, the mini-pod. Robert, thank you so much for joining us and, and taking the time to talk to us about your incredible organization. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. So first of all, how did you get started? What got you into politics? What was your first experience with that like? Yeah. Uh, so my first experience in politics was the 2016 election. My professional and academic background is in behavioral science research. And so at the time of the 2016 election, I was living in Washington, D.C. and working as a uh, behavioral scientist. And up to that point, I had been relatively disengaged and apolitical in my life. But the, the Trump candidacy really sparked me to get involved. And so for the first time in my life, I started canvassing and door knocking and volunteering for campaigns and started uh, doing that with the Hillary Clinton campaign in Virginia. Hmm. Tell us about vote tripling and your evolution. How'd you come up with it and tell people what vote tripling is? Yeah. In the wake of the 2016 election, I became dedicated to trying to figure out like why this happened um, and like what could be done to help Democrats win back the White House here in, in 2020. And my take is that there was lots of reasons Trump won from people in swing states not having jobs, to racism, to sexism, to all sorts of things and that I, that I don't have a clear understanding of how to solve. But one of the reasons that Trump did win was that lots of liberal people did not vote in 2016. Lots of people who wanted Hillary Clinton to be president did not show up and cast a ballot uh, that November. And that's a behavioral science problem. And that, uh, to me, was the most exciting and thrilling thing to be working on in the wake of the 2016 election was mm. how do we change this behavior um, for folks who who want Democrats to be in office but are just not showing up to vote. And so, uh, again, as a, a newbie at this moment in the days after the 2016 election, I started um, studying more about what research teaches us about how to get people to vote. And what is found study after study after study after study is the very best way to get someone to vote is for them to be encouraged to turn out by one of their friends. Right. Some people call this relational organizing. Others call it friend-to-friend -friend voter turnout. And it's nothing new. It's been a core part of campaigns for hundreds of years. In fact, Abraham Lincoln used friend-to-friend -friend voter turnout uh, 180 years ago. But what struck me after the 2016 election was that, at least as best as I could understand, all of the all of Democratic campaigns' friend-to-friend -friend voter turnout programs were centered in getting activists or volunteers to reach out to their friends. And so it seemed to me that 
Democrats writ large could win a lot more votes by getting non-activists to mobilize their friends. And so my um, favorite example of a non-activist is my little brother, Nikki, who is a reliable Democratic voter, but he has never and probably never will volunteer for a political campaign. Nikki's not unusual. 97% of Democrats are like Nikki. So in in, uh, 2012, Obama won 65 million votes, and 63 million of those votes were from people who did zero volunteering for his campaign. Mm -hmm. And so kind of in that moment, I really uh, kind of developed this contrarian opinion that um, disengaged people like Nikki could net Democrats a lot more friend-to-friend votes than like highly engaged activists like me. And I think non-activists hold far more power when it comes to friend-to-friend voter turnout for three reasons. Uh, first, they're the majority, as I mentioned. 97% of our, of our base, of our voters, are non-activists. Second, because of their network. Because birds of a feather flock together, mm-hmm. non-activists like Nikki are just much more closely connected to irregular voters than activists like me. And lastly, uh, because of their influence. There's behavioral science research that shows activists like me can come off a bit like the boy who cried wolf. Because now, at least at this point in my life, I'm barking each and every election about how it's the most important race in a generation. They see you coming a mile away. They know what you're going to say. They're ready for it. They've got their, their walls up for that message, right? Yeah, yeah. And surprising messengers are, are particularly potent. Um, And so I really became obsessed with this idea of like, how do we unleash the power of non-activists? They are like, by definition, disengaged. Campaigns haven't got them to do anything else yet as a formally supporting the campaign, but they have all of this power. And so long story short, in the wake of the 2016 election, I was working just as a volunteer resistance project with some friends who are behavioral scientists. And we built this technique in December of 2016 called vote tripling. It's not a technology product. It is just an organizing tactic. And it's like a commit to vote pledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of asking a voter to commit to vote, you ask them to commit to get three friends to vote. And then you send them follow-up reminders, uh, reminding them to mobilize those three friends to vote. When I first heard about vote tripling, it made so much sense to me because I'd been already employing that tactic with volunteer asks as um, what we call a stretch ask for people. So Uh you ask someone to uh, come do a phone banking shift and they say, yes, I'll show up on on Saturday afternoon and, and call into North Carolina with you and do that phone banking shift. And you go, great, thank you so much. Can you bring three friends with you to phone bank? And what I love about that is obviously the more phone bankers, the better, right? So if they can bring more people, great. But even if they don't bring those three people, they're more likely to show up because now they feel bad because they let you down. They weren't able to get friends to do it. So it's such a dirty little awesome trick. To, <laughs> <as a volunteer laughs> I don't know how dirty it is, but th- there is like this, I've been told this old school organizing tactic of you don't just invite someone to a meeting, but you ask them to come to the meeting and bring a casserole. And if you <laughs> make them feel like they're really needed, um, 
supposedly they they show up at higher rates. But that's right. That's the other part. That's the part that's important too. Is is when you ask them to bring some people, then you're showing them that you value them, that they, you value their network, and that they you know um, that they're needed too. So it's not and just so a when, dirty trick. So when we started doing this uh, in early 2017 with campaigns, the the first campaign we most notably started doing it with was the Danica Rome for House of Delegates race Mm -hmm. in Virginia. That's exactly what we saw. We're signaling we see you as a leader. Um, Because as soon as they tell us they're going to vote, we're upselling them and flattering them in a truly sincere way by saying, no matter how hard I try, you're going to be way better at getting your friends to vote than some stranger like me volunteering for a campaign. And so you're, you're upselling them, you're getting them um, signed up for a reminder that's explicitly going to remind them to vote or remind them to get their friends to vote. But implicitly, it's going to be encouraging them to vote as well without ever like explicitly calling into question their, their likelihood of turning out. I really love that, I, and uh, and that's what we need more of. Just in in general, is empowering people around us, not you know being transactional about how we approach people. So, yeah, when possible. I mean, some transactional things do work and lead to a substantial boost in turnout, and so we don't we don't want to totally tie our hand behind our back. But I think when when we can make techniques that work equally as well as pre existing techniques, but delight people instead of come off as condescending, then I think it's it's a clear improvement to switch to those those new best practices. Right. So let's talk about that. How are you fitting vote tripling in this, uh, I guess, new tactic into these existing campaigns? Are you having success there? I'm, I'm sure it's mixed. Some campaigns do what they do and they're set in their ways. Others are more open to trying new things. But what does that look like? Yeah. So there's three forms of vote tripling type techniques that we are supporting our partner organizations in implementing. The first is a text message-based program where instead of collecting these pledges from non-activists through your canvassing program, you're directly collecting them through a text message outreach. Uh, The second is through a phone banking program where you do your just... um, totally uh, normal phone breaking uh, program. At the end, once you've identified someone as a supporter, you of course then ask them if they'll volunteer. Mm -hmm. But then for the 97% of people who say no, (laughs) you then tack on this ask and ask them if you can count on them to get three friends to vote and have them share those names. And the last is a program we call Polling Place Vote Tripling. And so this is a way to get more juice out of your poll workers. Um, and the people who are standing at polling places, like encouraging people to vote for your candidate. And so this program involves standing outside of polling places, the legally uh, appropriate distance right. away. And as voters are exiting, asking them to pause and right then and there remind three friends to vote. And so we've run uh, numerous randomized control trials on these programs and have found uh, them to produce substantial and statistically significant boosts in voter turnout. And uh, those are the three uh, techniques that we are training our partner organizations to use right now um, amidst the pandemic. That's exciting. Well, um, you know, one thing that has come out of this conversation for me personally is I'm determined 
to get your little brother Nikki to volunteer. I just I, I think you're selling him short. I think we can get him to do it. Something. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not so sure. I I think we can, but I'm really like into the idea of like uh pushing people to do what is their comparative advantage. So like I don't let's say Jeff Bezos calls, I don't know if Jeff Bezos supports Democrats, but let's say he supports Joe Biden. Um, and he gives Joe Biden a call. Like we're going to, we're not going to ask Jeff Bezos to go volunteer and register to people to vote on a street corner in Milwaukee. Like that is not his comparative advantage to advancing the progressive movement where like me as an activist embedded in a community of people who vote at very high rates the best way I can support Democrats is by getting strangers to vote through right. through phone banking and through text banking and postcarding and all of these things. Where my brother, I don't think our first ask to him should be to mobilize strangers because he has this really, really rich network at the tip of his fingers. Um, and what we find when we ask people like Nikki to mobilize their friends is they're delighted to. They find it flattering to be recognized for this power that they have at the tips of their fingers. And so anything we can do to get people to volunteer, like generally I think is good, but I don't think that should be our first ask to the Nickies of the world, hmm. simply because they have this, this, this like incredible, incredible power at the tips um, of their fingers. And, um, Let's do that. Yeah. And then, then we can get them to volunteer. And this can be like a foot in the door or maybe the first rung on the ladder of engagement um, yeah. before we start getting them to reach out to strangers. That's, that's my, that's my contrarian take. No, it's not contrarian. It's very compelling actually. And um, I am guessing our, our first ask to Jeff Bezos would be to uh, fund the post office. Maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah. He could be helpful. Yeah. That is outside my expertise, <laughs> but our first ask will be to him. So uh, how can people get involved? To all the non-activists in your life, like uh, really affirm the power that they have at the tips of their, of their fingers and encourage them not just to vote, but to vote and get a few of their friends to vote. And from, from our research, yeah. what seems to really spark people to actually mobilize their friends is when you get them to be specific about the individuals they're going to mobilize. So don't just ask them, will you get your friends to vote? Ask them which and make sure mm -hmm. they have specifically decided who they'll reach out to. And if you can, please remind them during early vote and on election day to reach out to those friends. Right. Well, this is really compelling and, and brings me a lot of hope. And I also just love your story because um, there's so many people who got engaged, you know, when Trump was elected and have come up with really amazing, creative, and in some cases, game-changing ways to uh, reimagine how we uh, win elections and have jumped in. And yours is a classic story about that. And um, we need to pay attention to behavioral scientists because, like you said, a lot of people didn't show up. And there's a big, why didn't they show up? And what can we do better? And, and you figured out a, a really compelling way to do it. So thank you so much for, for your work. Well, thank you for that. And what I would say, I'm, I'm proud of what we have created, um, the solution we've created, but I'm, I'm more proud of the problem we've defined and that we are focused on. Like 
our studies show that our, our vote tripling techniques do work. But as more and more people focus on this problem of how do we get non-activists to mobilize their friends to vote, someone will create a better solution. And I'm very excited for that to happen because this opportunity of getting non-activists to mobilize their friends, this is not going to go away. And uh, with more and more attention paid to this uh, opportunity, folks will come up with better and better solutions to that. And so I'm eager to see what folks come up with. Robert Reynolds, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today. And you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Call up three friends right now and remind them to vote. And if you have three friends in one of Swing Left's super states, even better. Also, make sure you get three friends to subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Share us on social media and use the hashtag HowWeWin2020. And don't miss our full show every Wednesday. We'll see you then. MSW Media.